Hello, welcome to today's episode of Choosing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And once again, we have not released a Monday episode. Suck my balls. We are busy watching football. It is uh, that time of year. And with everything else feeling kind of slow and MSG Network not working with Comcast, uh, I can't watch hockey or basketball. We don't really have anything else to talk about. So uh, it's been quiet. That's okay. However, I'm glad, got lots of I'm glad you haven't today. been able to watch hockey because if you were full fledged on board this, uh, this Rangers train, Rangers wagon, it would be uh, pretty unbearable. That's the fucking annoying part, man. Is they're having a killer season, but I can't watch MSG Network because I I don't have the cable service that they use. I used to bum off my parents' Xfinity to watch MSG Network, and now I, I MSG Network and Comcast are feuding, so I can't even do that. And they don't have like a standalone service like everyone on the fucking planet does that you can just buy it. I would pay 15 bucks a month to watch the Rangers and Knicks. Like I would do it if MSG Network just got their shit together. But I guess I'll go blow myself, whatever. You should uh, just always be blowing yourself. Just 24 seconds. I mean, that's what they tell Selzen, right? Always be blowing. Always be blowing. Yep. The ABBs. The ABB. One, two, three, DDD. Um, anyway, now that Motel Philly is back again, uh, welcome to the show. We are we are past the NFL's divisional round weekend bullshit, and now we're on to the NFL's championship round weekend bullshit coming up. Uh, so we're going to go through last week's matchups, talk about what happened, what we liked, didn't like, which games we uh, <laughs> actually watched, Corwin. And uh, okay. and then we'll take a forward look forward look into next week's or this upcoming weekend's games. So uh, Corwin Haller, what do you say we just go in order in which they happened, as I think we tend to do anyway, and start with Bengals Titans? Yeah, let's do it. I watched so, this one. I watched all the games this week. I did it. I did it, I'm Dad. Um, you're someone, that's for sure. So the yeah. Bengals took on the Tennessee Titans uh, this past weekend in a game of, uh, oh, those guys both made it this far. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it went kind of about what I think one would expect this game to be, which is uh, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times and nine still, times. Threw, still threw for 350 yards. Uh, Ryan Tannehill through 24 pass attempts, uh, three interceptions and a touchdown. Uh, Derek Henry uh, had 20 touches, which is just insane. Uh, and this game ended up being relatively low scoring for the amount of opportunities both teams had because neither team's offense could really get the job done. The Tennessee defense was was killing it in terms of getting to Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow was able to outperform them in a lot of spots, getting a lot of yardage, not leading to a lot of points, but still being able to move the ball around the field. And Ryan Tannehill really held back the um, Titans offense in part because he couldn't elevate and in part because he had a couple really nasty tips that led to picks that weren't necessarily it's, 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 it can be tough with the tip-ups, like that one that he had where he dropped back like 10 yards and there was a guy directly in front of him who mm-hmm. uh, 
knocked his pass in the air and then caught it. It's like, yeah, that, that one's Tannehill's fault. You got to do a pump fake. Like you, you, you got to, you don't got to do the Patrick Mahomes shit. We saw in the later game where he like, you know, side-armed around the defender's ribcage, but you got to at least do the pump fake. You got to know that guy's going to stick his hands in the air. Uh, but again, it can be a little bit more difficult assigning direct blame in some of the tip-up situations. But, man, not, not I mean, a the, pretty the, game from either team. The tipped ball interception for Joe Burrow that went to – oh, shit, who's the Titan safety? It doesn't matter. But off the hands of Samaj P. Ryan was one – of just the ugliest interceptions. Not even the ugliest, just like the most unlucky. Amani Hooker. Like Amani Hooker, thank you. Uh, I think he went to Iowa. Uh, I don't remember. Um, I'm sure he's been lots of places. <laughs> uh, yes, he did sure. go to Iowa. <laughs> um, very reminiscent of the infamous Troy Palomalo interception where he just kind of dives and just whoop, whoop, scoops it up in the sand. That was that was a great, great uh, little catch there. It was even better sound effects on my part. Yeah, it was a very effective. Uh, so, for in terms of how this game actually went on the stats sheet, uh, it went like this: Cincinnati had 17 first downs to Tennessee's 16. Uh, in terms of rushing yards, uh, Tennessee outrushed Cincinnati by uh, 75 yards. They had 140 to Cincinnati's 65. Cincinnati outpassed Tennessee, 348 yards, Tennessee's 220. Um, fucking Ryan Tannehill only got sacked one time to Joe Burrow's nine, uh, which means that the net passing yards for a Tennessee because of the yards lost due to sacks was 280, whereas uh, Tennessee's was 213. So even being sacked nine times for 68 yards, the Bengals still after you subtract that yardage out past Tennessee by nearly 70 fucking yards. That's pretty fucking impressive. Um, Total yards in the game is a lot more even. It's an eight yard discrepancy. Tennessee got 353 to Cincinnati's 345. So again, that is net yards. You just subtract out the um, sack yardage lost. Neither team lost any fumbles, but uh, Tennessee had committed three turnovers to Cincinnati's one, uh, the Bengals committed six penalties for 46 yards. Tennessee only two penalties for 15. Uh, and one of the biggest differences in the game right here, though, one of the biggest areas in which this game was different, uh, Cincinnati converted th- seven out of 15 of their third downs. Tennessee won for eight. Mm. You don't win football games like that. No. And Cincinnati held the ball for seven minutes longer than Tennessee did. 33 and a half because compared to 26 and a half. That is how you win football games. Yeah. Just don't let the other team play football. And, you know, it really, I, I it's like neither team really played inspiring football. Neither team really played horrible football. Like again, it, I, I joked about it at the top, but it, it really was a game of like, oh, you both made it. I mean, I still find it hilarious that Tennessee was able to secure the number one seed being, oh, boy, golly, not worthy of the Both one these seed, teams being the first. lost to the Jets. Yeah, that's a tough look no matter which way you cut it. Um, I mean, I feel like the biggest t- takeaway for me watching this game is Joe Burrow is just 
everything. I mean, he is unreal. I'm very excited to just watch him play football for the rest of his career. Uh, don't even care that it's for arguably the Steelers' uh, biggest rival at this point. It's not it's the, it's the Ravens, but still. Um, it's just, he is so good. And it goes to show where the Titans had full control over the line of scrimmage uh, on defense. They just completely shut down one entire aspect of their team. And Joe Burrow just was like, all right, fuck it. I don't care. I want to beat you despite this. I want to beat you despite not having any time, not having any run support, not having, you know, really any way to build on these um, drives because sack yardage is quite demoralizing to uh, the forward progress of football. Um, and you, you look at Tennessee and just Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. He was, you know, a pro bowler. I think he might even made the all pro team uh, back when he had his first, second year in Tennessee. Really, don't really remember. Uh, uh, no um, all pros I see on his pro bowl reference. Page. Okay. What year did he go to the pro bowl last? Was that 2019, 2020? Uh, 2019. Okay. Regardless, he's a good quarterback, above average, around that line, but still above average. And you just can't get it done if you can't get it done. And he couldn't get it done. Yeah, my my biggest takeaway from this uh, for Cincinnati is this felt so much like the Raiders game, where they were just leaving points on the field. And you know, so far, their two opponents, they've had the easiest road in the playoffs so far between playing the Raiders and then playing the Titans. And I know I know the Titans are the number one seed. That does not mean they deserve to be the number one seed just because they were the number mm-hmm. one seed. Um, again, leaving that to the side, though, it, it's not like what uh, fucking goddamn it. Kansas City just had to do with playing Buffalo, like comparatively, Buffalo would squash. The, the, um, <clears throat> huh? After playing the Steelers. <sighs> Right. Buffalo would, would squash Tennessee or Vegas way worse than the Bengals did. And that's really, I think, the story of the Bengals playoff run so far and what they're going to have to try to desperately try to avoid in the championship game, which is, I, I mean, just not making use of their drives. You know, you can't have mm-hmm. Joe Burrow throw 350 yards just for your team to barely and I mean, fucking barely throw up 19 points. Game-winning like, field goal is time expired. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of three, game, four games that ended us, all four games, I think ended that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get there. But as for Tennessee, like, I don't think they played the worst game of their careers. Really, this game came down to whether or not Derrick Henry was going to just, like, literally shit on the Bengals, and he, he didn't. And that's not to say he had a, he had a bad game. Uh, Derrick Henry, 20 attempts, 62 yards, a touchdown. So that's, uh, you know, 3.1 yards per carry and, and a touchdown. It, it's genuinely, it's, it's not bad. Uh, but their entire offense is centered around the concept that he's going to run for 150 yards. Uh, and because of turnovers from Tannehill and some relatively okay defense from the Bengals, they weren't able to do that. I mean, he was coming back from an injury where he missed a huge chunk of the season and was playing with a metal plate in his foot. You can't really count on him, no matter how much 
rest he's had. And I mean, I saw one tweet, I forget which talk he had said it about, um, oh, uh, Derrick Henry's going to be healthier coming off of this injury than he would have been playing the last 10 games. I was like, well, not true. I don't think that's true at all. That's not how injuries he, work. That's a metal plate in his foot, you know? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to even it's like argue saying that, that you're, you're going to be well rested after a hospital stay for a life threatening illness because, Hey, you were laid up in a bed all week. What do you care? Yeah, you yeah. Didn't work. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking stupid. Um, yeah. So all in all, this is, this definitely deserved to be the first game that we had to witness this week. Cause I don't think it was the most, it definitely wasn't a bad game. I was into it the whole way through. But really, especially compared to the games that would come, this was not the most exciting game. And in large part, I think because of the pent-up frustration of, oh, my God, can somebody fucking score on one of these drives? Amen. Uh, we, we got that later on, but we'll get there. Um, I, don't, wow. I don't know if I have much else. Oh, uh, um, McPherson, the kicker for uh, the Bengals has set the franchise record for the most 50-yard field goals in a career. He is a rookie. In a career? In a career. Most 50-yard field goals in a career. As a Bengals. And like, in their career. Oh, as a Bengal. Oh, as a Bengal. okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, there's no way Adam Vinatieri had that, didn't have that record after, like, 27 years in the league. Okay, as a Bengals. No, franchise, franchise record. Yeah, well, the Bengals have sucked hot dick for most of their existence, so that's not a surprise. Regardless, he is a rookie. He has played one bad. season. I know. I'm just saying, kickers last a long time. They've had some pretty decent kickers. It just so happens, you know, no matter how you cut it, that's a very cool record to break as a rookie. At, at breaking any record that is positive and not negative as a rookie yeah. is a cool thing to do. So you, you, you're right. Shout outs to Mr. McPherson. Evan, Evan, shout Evan. outs to you, Evan. Evan McPherson. Evan McPherson. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we will um, talk about the Bengals again soon when we talk about looking forward to the next week matchup instead let's now move on to talk about the Packers Niners matchup which boy oh boy what a weird fucking game yeah. um so heading into this matchup because we talked about it beforehand as we have every matchup so far uh, the question was will Jimmy G stop them from winning this game and can the Niners defense stop Aaron Rodgers and if you look at the first, I don't know, 90 seconds of this football game, the answer to the second question was, oh boy, no, the fuck they cannot because Aaron Rodgers scored so fast, so incredibly fast. Uh, it's a very limited amount of effort that went into that score. So actually, it wasn't as fast as I thought. Uh, they scored at the 925 mark, which means that that first drive took, uh, or the first uh, touchdown took uh you know, five minutes and, and 35 seconds of, of playtime. But man, it did not feel like that. It feel like it happened immediately. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it was an effort thing. Maybe it was felt just looked very lackadaisical on screen. But man, I, I, so anyway, Green Bay scores a touchdown. And then that's 
all the points they score for the next 40, 50 minutes of gameplay. They scored that touchdown at the 925 mark. And then they do not score again until the 1127 mark in the fourth quarter when they got a field goal. That's it. 10 points. I don't really even know how to. I don't know. I mean, look, I have been a Kyle Shanahan fanboy for ever. Um, so I love seeing his offense just kind of work effortlessly just with, you know, don't get me wrong. Jimmy G has earned himself some money this season, but at the end of the day, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not a top 10 quarterback in the league. That offense looks very good, you know, when it's running smoothly and, and they have some really fun pieces. Debo Samuel is a fucking monster and I love him. Um, but just Aaron Rodgers continuously flailing and failing on the biggest stage, specifically the, you know, the playoffs and either the NFC championship or, or lead up to then is kind of ridiculous at this point. I mean, they have 39 wins over their last three years and nothing to show for it. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, nothing at all. Two two Super Bowls. And I don't. I don't even think it's just Super Bowls. I think. I think it's two Super Bowl appearances. Is it? Um. No. Well, this is the third one. They beat the, the Steelers. And I feel like they. I think they've been twice, and they've won once. Hold on, I'll look it up. Uh, I mean, but regardless, this is, it's absolutely inept, and it's wild to see it happen with Aaron Rodgers being an MVP candidate every single season. And uh, hold on one second. Uh, Let's see. They won NFC. Dude, no. Literally, they, they have been to three Super Bowls. 96, 97, and 2010. That's fucking it. Dude, that's fucking it. That's fucking wild, man. With two Hall of Fame quarterbacks for the span of 30 years? I mean, yeah. Yeah, just about. I mean, 30 years ago would be 92. When the fuck did did Brett What's-His-Face's career start? Yeah, Brett. What's his face? Brett Favre. I I I've blanked on his name halfway through it. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I I don't know how. Uh... It's really bad. Like, don't get me wrong. The the Forty ers front office has done very little to maximize the Aaron Rodgers experience, so to speak. Um really questionable draft picks and free agency pick signings and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of it's on the quarterback because that's the position we always talk about being so far and away, the one that matters. I mean, he won an MVP over the past three years. He has a 
what seems to be a top two, top three wide receiver in the game. Um, great young coach. There's not a lot of excuses you can give at this point. And I'd argue there really isn't any. No, and Aren't you know, th- this loss really especially is quite confusing. Um, because you look at Aaron Rodgers in this performance from him. 20 completions, 29 attempts. It's a really solid completion percent. I'm not going to figure out what it is, but you can tell from the numbers it's very high. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, got sacked five times, but only for 29 yards, which means really those were failures of the offensive line unless Rodgers hang on to the ball too long. Otherwise, you'd have a lot of yards going backwards. Um, quarterback rating of 91.9. And it's wild to see Aaron Rodgers having chucked the ball 29 times to only get 225 yards. Especially in a game that the Packers lost. Like that's fucking weird. Cause I I I, I can't look it up because I uh I don't pay for the every sport version of pro football reference because I pay enough for the baseball version. I'm not paying more at this point. We'll see. Someone sponsored the podcast, so I can pay more. Um, but I'm willing to bet that if we looked at the amount of yards that typically followed a 29 attempt performance from Aaron Rodgers, it would be more than under 10 yards per, per pass attempt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Aaron Rodgers, let's see what his career uh, average is. Uh, yards per uh, adjusted yards is 8.5 yards per completion 11.9 so I I guess it is right in line with his career average but I'm I just can't imagine that we looked at it situationally it would skew to the lower end of that rather than the higher end again especially a game in Green Bay in the playoffs where you're losing now, granted, they didn't end I mean, up losing until the end, the exact end of the game. But yeah. still, I mean, not keeping your foot on the gas in the playoffs. This is not the Lions. This is not the Vikings. This is not the Bears. This is not your division where you know them and you know they're going to choke and you know that they're going to suck because you have the history of these players and these coaching staffs and you see them twice a season and all that shit. This is the Niners. They're your fucking dads in the playoffs. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, to some extent, even Jimmy Garoppolo, all rose to the occasion when the spotlight hit and the season truly was on the line. All of them went out and did everything they possibly can to win that game. Their games, it worked out, you know, for pretty much everyone but Josh Allen because. Boy, NFL overtime rules are. You okay, buddy? Yeah. Can you can you say that again? I, I lost a part way through that. Oh, sorry. Um, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and to some extent even Jimmy Garoppolo, they all rose to the occasion when the spotlight hit and the season was on the line, and it didn't work out for everyone on that list because the NFL overtime rules fucking suck. But when they needed to perform, they performed and they did what they needed to do to win those football games. And at the end of the day, we haven't seen that from Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. 
No. And, you know, this really isn't even an instance of him getting massively outperformed or anything like that. This really is just an abject failure of uh, of him or at least of, of the scheming of, of the Packers offensive plan. Uh, I mean, you know, the running backs didn't do a, a ton. Aaron Jones, 41 yards, AJ Dillon, 25 yards. Um, and I, I, you know, the, the defense did its job. The defense only allowed 13 fucking points. And oh. it's, it's astonishing. Like if you told me that Jimmy G just had one of those games, and went off for 300 yards. I would find that more believable than Rodgers throwing the ball almost 30 times, having under 250 yards and not collecting a single touchdown anywhere in there. And maybe that speaks volumes to Devontae Adams because he was not on the field because he was hurt. You know, or sorry, uh, he was no, he was there. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Devontae Adams is there. Oh, never mind. I'm confusing him with um. Stefan Diggs's lack of performance in um, the Bills game, who was not hurt and was there, but just, I mean, wasn't there. We'll get there. Just um, absolutely. Okay. You're but, right. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to make. It, it, this really, in, in a game where Rodgers himself is going to be looked at with such scrutiny because of the mockery he's made of himself, um, news media, uh, health and safety protocols, and the sport of football, the NFL, he shit the bed. And yeah, a 91.9 quarterback rating usually does not put you in the realm of shitting the bed. But man, this is a shit the bed performance for him. Honestly, for anybody. Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy G didn't do shit. 11 completions, 19 attempts, 131 yards, and an interception. A quarterback rating of 57.1. Guess what? This offense is the Niners offense is not based around Jimmy G being a baller quarterback. The the Niners organization is not rested upon Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders. They are not. The Green Bay Packers organization is rested upon Aaron Rodgers' performance. Mm-hmm. To the same in the same way that we just said that the the Titans were really they're they are based they're going to be good or bad depending on how Derrick Henry plays. Derrick Henry didn't have an awful game, but he didn't have a game that's going to win them the game. Rodgers didn't have a game that won them this game either. Rodgers game gave them ten fucking points in sixty minutes. That's just flat out bad. Mm-hmm. When you have an offense that has been that prolific over the course of a season to go out there and land absolute leg the way it was or the way they did. You don't really get excuses for that. You know, it's not like he was sacked nine times in a game and was completely smothered and had no options. He just, you know, you just gotta, you have to perform and exceed. Holy shit! I had a stroke. <laughs> yeah, right. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> so no, I mean, j- just look at the the overall team stats on on the you know this this the stat sheet afterwards. 
uh, each team uh, first downs Niners had 12 Green Bay had 14 basically equal rushing yards Niners had 106 Green Bay had 67 uh, passing yards Niners had 131 Green Bay had 225 we've mentioned those a bunch sacks and sack yards uh, Niners Jimmy Garoppolo got sacked four times for 25 yards Rodgers got sacked five times for 29 yards again basically the same Net passing yards because of those negative sack yards, 106 for the Niners, 196 for the Packers. Huge, huge difference for the Packers. But because that's the only offense they really had, the total yards for this game, uh, Niners 212, Packers 263. That's it. It's a 50-yard difference between the two of them. In a game in which Jimmy Garoppolo threw 19 passes and completed 11 of them, the Packers are only able to come out on top in the yardage game by 50 the Packers at home in the playoffs put up 263 yards of offense. That's fucking shit. Uh, Niners had no fumbles. Packers had two fumbles, one of which was lost. Each team had one turnover. Uh, Niners, five penalties for 40 yards. Packers, five penalties for 25 yards. Uh, third down conversions. Niners had four, uh, four third down conversions out of 11. Packers had five out of 12 and time of possession was basically equal 29 and a half for the Niners, 30 and a half for green Bay. And you know, it's really just looking at those yards that just sticks the fuck out as being just wild. When it comes down to it, where do you think Aaron Rodgers plays next season? Oh, who cares? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I I'm so I, I never I never thought I would have soured on Rodgers to the extent that I have, but man, he's been such a piece of shit. Um, I, I don't I don't care. I am getting very sick of his attitude and the way he just goes about speaking to the media and the way he kind of treats fans. On the other hand, if he signs with the Steelers, he's gonna be my favorite player. It's not going to kind of how it works. It's not going to happen. I don't think he will, but I'm just throwing it out there. When my opinion changes in six months because he signs a deal with the Steelers, uh, just know I'm well aware that I'm going to make that change. But again, I don't think he will. So fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. Broncos would make sense, depending on what the Raiders want to do. The Raiders would make sense. Uh, he could go the Favre route and go to the Vikings. That would be very funny. Um, a world in which no one is happy. <laughs> Isn't he still under contract? Like, doesn't he have to get traded? I believe he does actually have to get traded. I feel like we've even talked about this before and had to look it up. But regardless, it we'll fucking see. I would. I would just also like to point out that the that two hundred fifty six yards. You know, I've, I've said it a bunch of times. That's not. It's not a lot of yards or two hundred sixty three yards. For reference, the Jets. The New York Jets surpassed the that mark. Let's count. Let's count with, with a range of plus or minus 10 yards just to you know really get a sense of how little that is. So I can be a little bit generous. Um, they matched or surpassed that number of total yards of offense. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 out of their 17 games. So really, that is sub jets level of a performance on offense 
And again, that's why it's like looking at Roger Satch, you might go, ah, this loss isn't on him. He got a good quarterback rating. He had good efficiency, good completion percent. He put up the Jets level performance in the playoffs in Green Bay. Isn't it great? It's this the closest points. the Jets are ever going to get to the playoffs. Ten points. The Jets scored more than ten points in all the three of their games. Ten points. It's fucking sad, bro. Yeah, it's sad right yeah I don't give a shit where Rodgers ends up. I'm, I'm happy the Niners won. I was rooting for the Niners. Um, I think it's easy to root for the Niners. Um, of course, Kyle Shanahan is just lovely. The genius. Sure. Um, why not? But uh, I gotta say, I was hoping for more of a back and forth than this. This was this was not a horribly enjoyable game. I did. I didn't. I didn't really in, love watching this one just because I found it to be. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep halfway through for like 30 minutes. Yeah, uh, I started doing other things while this game was on, and then only then like went back at the end. But <sighs> fuck, I had another point that I wanted to say and I forgot it already. Um... Maybe it'll come back to me. Maybe it won't. Uh, key takeaways from this game for the Niners, since they're the ones advancing. Uh, don't make Jimmy G do a lot. He's not fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is definitely the key. Limit him and just be Debo Samuel. Although, on the other hand, um, this was the only other cold weather game I think that they have, right? I mean, the Super Bowl is being played in Los Angeles and their conference championship game will be also in LA. Right. Um, so this was it. So may, maybe it'll be a little bit easier with the warm weather and a lack of snow, but yeah, yeah tough, whatever. Who cares? All right. <laughs> uh, next game was the bucks against the Rams as the Rams took this win 30 to 27 and what was a laugher and then a classic Brady nail biter um, in which at one point the Rams led 27 to three and gave some real Falcons vibes by then coughing that lead all the way back up to be tied 27 to 27. And then managed to eke out the win in the waning moments of the game on another field goal. So far, all three of the games we have discussed, uh, which have been chronologically how they happened, have ended with the visiting team driving down the field and kicking a field goal to win. Uh, so the way that this game shook out on the stats page, uh, Rams had 24 first downs to the uh, Bucks 20. The Rams had 73 rushing yards to Tampa's 51. Passing yards is really where this game shown. Rams had 366 passing yards. Bucks had 329. Uh, Rams were sacked twice for 11 yards, Tampa three times for 21 net passing yards. Then was Rams three fifty five, Tampa three Oh eight total yards for the game. Rams four twenty eight, uh, bucks three fifty nine. The Rams lost fumbled four times and lost all four fumbles. The bucks fumbled once and lost that one fumble, which means, and without any other turnovers, cause there were no, um, 
Oh, there's one other interception in the game. Sorry, my bad. Uh, the Rams had no interceptions, so they lost. Uh, they had committed four turnovers. Tampa had two turnovers. Uh, each team had four penalties. The Rams for 45 yards, Tampa for 61. Uh, the Rams converted four of their 11 third downs. Tampa converted three of their 14. Uh, and Tampa also converted two of their four fourth down conversion attempts. And the Rams dominated time of possession by almost nine minutes, 34 to 26 minutes. Um, sorry, eight minutes, I should say, eight minutes. And man, this was a solid game by Brady, really a solid game by Brady as he went 30 for 54, 329 yards, a touchdown, an interception, three sacks, and a 700, sorry, 72.2 quarterback rating. But Matt Stafford balled the fuck out in this game. 28 for 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, two sacks, a quarterback rating of 121.2. Really just a dynamite game for the Detroit kid. Uh, what did you make of this one, buddy? Yeah. Can I just say, was Aaron Rodgers the worst quarterback in this round of, uh, of football? Playoffs? I'd still say it's Jimmy G. Right, but there's a conversation to be had at least. <laughs> I'll offer it. I'll, because of how those offenses are constructed, I'll offer that there is a conversation that he was the worst. Um, this was a stressful game. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't remember the last time I watched a game that my team wasn't involved in. And I genuinely didn't care too much about the winner. No, this was, this was a very easy so game. And then stressed. a very stressful game. Yeah. <laughs> like, this game oh my was God. a joy to watch for the first like 37 minutes. And then the final 20 minutes were just like, fuck yourself. No one knows what's happening now. I mean, there were so many tweets on Twitter of just, well, I guess Tom Brady's dead. There are a lot of tweets on Twitter. (laughs) There's a lot of words in my book. (laughs) Um, Regardless. Fuck Tom Brady. I'm so glad he lost. Oh, God, I know. I know. That would have been just the worst possible outcome. Like, if Tom Brady came in and just dominated the Rams, it's like, okay, whatever. Shut up. They just won the Super Bowl. The Rams choke every year in the playoffs. Like, fine, whatever. We should have all expected this. It's, you know, bound to happen. If he came back out of nowhere and just forced this team to win, I just – I would have quit football. That's understandable. Uh, That's perfectly well understandable. How did you play? Like, how did you survive with this man in your division? Uh, Let let me tell you, buddy. Not well. (laughs) Not, not well. And it's for shit like this. And, you know, it's it was wild to watch in real time because we have the Falcons game to look back on and because we can look back on that Falcons game and not just be like, ha ha, LOL Falcons. You can look back on it and be like, why didn't they run the ball more? Like, even if the defense is getting torn up like this, why are they not doing more to burn out the clock? And where did this kind of 
ingenuity that we saw on offense just kind of disappear away into. And it felt so similar to that in so many ways because it, I, I, and maybe this is me misremembering because honestly, once you get wrapped up in the, Oh shit, Oh shit, Oh shit of these types of games. A lot of the details can feel very hazy for me, but really in that second half, it did not feel like they were running the ball very much. And considering the fact that the Rams only ran the ball. uh, Let's see, just real quick. um, Yeah. 16 times. There's no way that makes any sense. 16. Is that right? Did I math right? Wow. I've yeah. never okay. once math right. So I don't Six, know. 16 times more than all right. Cam Akers actually did a lot in this game. I all right. What's what's more wild that oh, because there's four Stafford rushes. I don't count those. Um yeah, so 12, 12 more times. Uh what what's what's more interesting that the Rams ran 26 times or that the Bucks ran 13? Um I don't really think either's really surprising. Um, I mean, at I the end 13 of the day, rushes feels light. Yeah, but you have Tom Brady at quarterback and you're down pretty much the entirety of the game. That's true. You know, no, both of true. these just seem very okay. That makes sense for what the game flow kind of led to. Yeah, no, you're right. It is it is interesting though, um, kind of seeing it with that perspective of what should they be doing differently, or what you know, what are the parallels here? What are the differences? And you know, credit to Todd Bowles and his second half adjustments on on defense to hold the Rams to uh, a, a cumulative what 13 points in the second half? Sorry, 10, 10 points in the second half. Uh, whereas they allowed 20 in the first half. Um, and, you know, obviously kudos to Bruce Arians and Tom Brady for, for mounting that real big second half comeback. But I, I mean, watching it, what felt like just a complete redux of something that we've already witnessed was not very comfy. Um, I aged like a year and a half over the course of the second half. It's just... I am so relieved that we just don't have to watch him go to another Super Bowl. Like the fact that we don't even have to risk him going to a Super Bowl while watching the NFC Championship is just so satisfying. It's true. It's, we're we're all safe now. I I can officially announce that I'm like neutral on every team left in the playoffs, and that's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time there was? Uh, championship round of the playoffs where you were fine with literally any team winning. Oh man, I can't even remember. Yeah, because usually because Tom Brady's always there. Yeah, it's horribly annoying. No one likes it. Everyone's sad. Always yeah. sad. I'm sad all the time, baby. Hey. That's my secret. Oh. I'm always sad. <laughs> hey, Mark Ruffalo. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this was such a fun game to that last moment because of uh, classic Matt Stafford arm flailing. Everybody get downfield! Um, 
which is like a hallmark thing he would do in Lions games where his arms would just kind of like get really short and he just like swing them around a bunch. And mm-hmm. he, he looked like, he looked like, like a six year old that had to go potty real bad, but with all the urgency and football pads of a professional athlete. And it's just hilarious to watch. And he would do it all the time with the Lions. The Lions were just horrible. And Matt Stafford was doing everything he could to win these games. And so this time actually had consequences and it was really, it was really fun. Um, and it's been great to watch Matt Stafford be in the playoffs and not suck because you know what? Last week we were talking about how the, um, the Rams didn't have him do much last week when the Rams took on the Cardinals, he only threw the ball 17 times. That was it. That was it. 17 pass attempts. He did more than doubled that this week. He threw 38 attempts, completing 28 of them. He had 11 more completions this week than he had attempts last week. And and really ended up being the difference in, in this game. You know, it, I mean, the touchdown amount he got was the same between last week and this week, but he threw for 144 more yards this week than he did last week. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's just an insane level of production and really goes to show that the Rams can do it However, they need to do it. And that's what makes them so threatening. I mean, they've been accumulating talent for what seems like absolutely forever. And it's finally paying off. And it was definitely clear during this game that the Rams just had a buku of talent. And I'm excited to see them actually, you know, reach the culmination of this stockpiling of weaponry. Um, it's a fun team. I'll give them that. It's like watching an all-star team. Yeah. I mean, it really is. The, this is, they, they won the arms race. The U S military is about to send them to Ukraine to ward off Russia. <laughs> like God, yeah. could you imagine Odell Beckham in the Ukraine. Just, I can't imagine he would be a happy camper. Haters be doubting him though. Yeah, no cocaine boats in uh, Ukraine. No cocaine in the Ukraine. <laughs> Damn right, baby. I can't believe you missed that layup of a rhyme. Listen, I'm not smart. Well, that we've known. Um, fucking, yeah, speaking of Odell, just the Odell tracker, uh, this game he had nine re- – oh, sorry, that's, oh, that's Cooper Cup. Six receptions for 69 yards. Solid game. Yeah. Cooper Cup, nine receptions for 183 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, He's really fucking good. Just at everything. He might be the nastiest white boy in the NFL at this point. Um, Has he surpassed Christian McCaffrey? I'm trying to think. I think the only person left to surpass is Hunter Renfro. I, I would take Cup over Renfro in a heartbeat, though. I think like, I don't, in their I, right mind. Yeah, I, I don't even know why that's really uh a, I'm I'm throwing you said Hunter Renfro. This <laughs> man said Hunter player. Renfro. He was the first white player that I thought of. That's just like super, super underappreciated. No, no, I, I think Cooper Cooper Cup at the SBs is gonna get named nastiest white boy in the NFL. Who would, who would that award be named can we, after? Can we call someone to make that happen? That, first off, that absolutely should be an award because that's a hilarious <laughs> name for it. But who would it be named after? 
can't be a quarterback. Wes Welker? I feel like that's a given. No, nah, because I feel like Welker wasn't nasty. I want somebody wasn't nasty. nasty. Oh, I don't know, man. That's actually, that's actually tough. Who would be the nastiest white boy in NFL history? Like, it's got to be a skill position player. Because, I mean, you could get real nasty on the O-line, but it's, it's the spirit of it all, you know? Right. Um, what was the last really, like, knockout good white wide receiver? Julian Edelman. But he wasn't like knockout. Like he was, he was a really solid player for the Pats. But he wasn't going to blow your socks off. Jordy Nelson, but he was kind oh, of boring. Okay. Oh, okay. I could see that. Dwight Clark, Steve Largent. Because the 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 problem is that Cooper Cup has has a, a good sense of style, whereas Jordy Nelson felt like he was eating a mayonnaise sandwich every day. Eric Decker, baby. Eric Decker was good. He wasn't outstanding. He was never the number one. Maybe this is the Cooper Cup award for nastiest white boy in the NFL. Just, it's hard to just, I feel like at the end of the day, though, like Christian McCaffrey is nasty, nasty. They, they, they both are. That's why I'm saying, that's why my question was if he had surpassed Christian McCaffrey. Get it. And but that's I tough. Like at the end of the day, the award should be named after our boy, Chris McCaffrey. He's not really our boy, but he's your boy. He's my boy. I'll, I'll lay claim to that. Um, should we just name it the Peyton Hill? Oh, the Danny Woodhead Award. Perfect. Oh, yeah, of course. Naturally. Uh, Everybody loves some good Woodhead. Okay. We're gonna let that one slide. Yeah. We're gonna let that one just lay right there. Um, All right. Well, here we'll play more with that later. Uh, but let's let's keep 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 trucking. Uh, last matchup we had, last game we had was uh, Bills Chiefs, and what was another fucking nail biter with uh, the Bills scoring twenty one points in the first three quarters, and then fifteen points in the fourth. And then the Chiefs scoring uh, 23 points in the first quarter and then 13 points in the fourth. There was a combined 28 points scored in the fourth quarter. 25 of those points were scored in the final minute and 54 seconds. We'll get into this. This This was truly one of the best games I've ever seen in the history of football. This is one of those games that makes you question, because it gets to a point, in these like really wild final two minutes of games where I can't help but look at a team and be like, how is this not how you play offense all the time? Like what right. is stopping you from marching down the field constantly? I just saw you do it three times in under five minutes. How do you not always be doing this? And I know it's not that easy. Like when you see right. a player hit a home run and you're like, how is that not everything you always do? Um, but Why is man, every ball you hit not a home run? What the fuck? You made contact and it stayed in the park. You fucking puss. Uh, so let's let's get into the the stats on this one because boy howdy is it going to be wild. Um, all right, first downs. Buffalo had twenty three. Kansas City had thirty. 
which is just so many more than all the other first down numbers we've read so far today. That's just yeah. so many more. 31st downs. Is that more than the Packers and, and Niners had combined? I'm I'd looking. Put money on it. Yeah. I just uh, don't know the last time I've heard of really any team with 30 first. Yeah. Downs. Cause you got to think in, in 60 minutes, 30 first downs is a first down every two minutes, assuming you have the ball the whole time. Right. So any, well, actually, I guess on one hand, it's probably easier to do when both teams are just scoring at will. Just, okay, well, I scored. Here's the ball back. Okay, I scored. Here's the ball back. Okay, we'll get into the madness oh. more in, in, in a moment. But uh, also, first off, yes, uh, the total first downs in Green Bay San Fran was 26. So 30 is more than both combined. Uh, rushing yards. Uh, Buffalo had 109 to Kansas City's 182. Really a, a very impressive amount of rushing yards from Kansas City. Uh, the passing yards, 329 from Buffalo, 378 from Kansas City. Both teams got sacked twice. Buffalo lost 16 yards on the sacks. Kansas City lost eight. Net passing yards, 313 for Buffalo, 370 for Kansas City. Total yards. Uh, for the team, Buffalo 422, Kansas City 552, a difference of 130 yards. Each team lost one fumble but recovered it. Sorry, each team committed one fumble but recovered it, so no team lost any fumbles. No other turnovers. There were no interceptions this game. Um, the Bills committed three penalties for 15 yards, and the Chiefs committed one for 10. That was it. Four uh, yellow flags got thrown this entire fucking game. Each team in the San Fran Green Bay game got five penalties. Each. There was four this whole game. Uh, Buffalo converted six of their 14 third downs. Kansas City converted eight of their 13 third downs. Buffalo uh, converted all four of their fourth down conversions and Kansas City converted their sole fourth down conversion attempt. And really the main biggest difference, maybe, unless you want to cool about the yards, uh, time of possession. Buffalo had the ball 27-37, so 27 and a half minutes. And Kansas City had it for 36 and a half. So they had the ball nine additional minutes of game clock time, which really, if we're looking at, if we're looking at the game clock, oh boy, is that the fucking difference? Mm-hmm. Um In terms of quarterback performance, man, what a game. Uh, Josh Allen, 27 for 37, uh, 329 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, two sacks, quarterback rating of 136. Uh, He also had uh, 11 rushing attempts for 68 yards. On the other side, Patrick Mahomes, 33 completions on 44 attempts, 378 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, two sacks, a quarterback rating of 123.1, and – Seven rushing attempts for 69 yards and a rushing touchdown. Nice. What a fucking game, man. Um, after watching the Steelers offense for the entirety of a season, uh, this game was just an embarrassment. Like, it, it's a different sport than the playoff wildcard Pittsburgh Steelers have played the entire season. Like, it's just bananas how both of those teams can be considered professional football teams. Uh, these Scott, like, when have you seen 
a game this efficient on both sides. Like I know the Bills had the most efficient game in history last week, scored a touchdown on every single possession. But for both teams to essentially do that is unreal. I, I, so I couldn't even think of great. a game. I'm sure I, there's something up there, but I can't think of anything off the rip. I, I mean, right. like it's one of those things I bet it's happened at some point. I just have no ability to pull that out of my head because how can you? Which really, I mean, just to skip to the end of the game real quick is what made me so surprised about both teams' decisions not to do squib kicks at the end of the game. So just, just to bring it, because it was weird. It was super weird when it happened live. And honestly, the more I've thought about it, the weirder it feels. So just to skip to the end of the game real quick, um, Patrick Mahomes completes a pass to Tyreek Hill, 64 yards and a touchdown. This is the one that ended up getting the uh, memes where Tyreek had threw up the, the peace sign to the defender who was in front of him. And then passed him for a touchdown, which a uh, boy, oh boy, made me laugh. Um, it was so funny to see. And so there was a minute 13 left on the clock. And typically with that little time left on the clock, it is customary to do a squib kick to burn time. The idea being, if you kick the ball through the uprights, since the ball never lands in bounds, the clock never starts. And because they will not return the ball, uh, really there's no time being burned at all on the return. Whereas if you squib the kick the ball must pretty much be picked up by the other team. The clock will start. And then the other team, because you're already holding it, you don't want to get tackled super deep in your own side. will return for at least a little bit. It'll burn some time off the clock. It won't like take uh, 30 seconds off or anything, but it'll, it'll shave a few seconds off. And when you're talking about margins and the way that we talk about margins in sports, those few seconds mean a lot which it ended up absolutely being the case. So Kansas City decided not to do it. Weird for, for me. 73 seconds left and you're not going to scrub the kick. Weird. But whatever. That's not a lot of time. You are uh, you're up by... Sorry, were they... Down? Hold on. Uh, they, were, they were up. Oh, Buffalo, Kansas City. Okay, there it is. Hold on. I lost myself. Sorry, folks. Uh, yeah, they're up by three, four at that point. So they need a, the other team needs a touchdown. Buffalo needs a touchdown. 73 seconds. Maybe it's not enough time for them in their own minds to do it. Seems like a very low risk move to shave a few seconds off, but whatever. So Buffalo then um, has, you know, a, just a massive set of completions. Uh, Josh Allen to Gabriel Davis for 28 yards. Josh Allen to Gabriel Davis for 12 yards. Josh Allen to Emmanuel Sanders for 16 yards. And then Josh Allen to Gabriel Davis for 19 yards and a touchdown. Um, who was the second one to? Who's the second pass to? Gabriel Davis. Okay. What about the third? Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> uh, jokes. I love him so much. I know. I love him so, so much. Um, I can't see him or hear his name spoken without thinking of you saying Emmanuel. Uh, also, the play with the sole Chiefs penalty on it as a. Uh, Charverius Ward had defensive pass interference, which was declined. Oh, so that must not have been it then. Um, yeah, because Mendel Sanders ended up making the play, so they didn't need the yards. Anyway, so got that 
touchdown at the 17 second mark, extra second, sorry, extra kick was good at the 13 second mark. So now there's 13 seconds left in the game. And again, I'm sitting here like, now you screwed the kick. Because now we're talking, you screwed the kick. That's going to chew three, four seconds. And hey, three, four seconds at 73 seconds left. Maybe that's not enough for it to be worth the potential risk. I, I don't know what the risk is, but maybe it's too much to, to, to chance it. Because um, that's 5% of your total time left. But with four, chewing three to four seconds left, chew, th- chewing three to four seconds off of 13 seconds left, now we're talking 40%, 30 to 40% of your total time remaining. I do not know why you do not squib a kick there. That is a confounding decision to make. And really, the decision that ends up costing them the game as Mahomes gets a short pass off for 19 yards uh, and then has enough time left, that puts them at the, their own 44 now you're in Hail Mary territory if there's no time left with one remaining play, but gives him enough time to do a second play to Travis Kelsey for 25 yards, puts him at the Buffalo 31, Harrison Bucker gets the, gets the field goal. So really that's the difference is that last play to, to Travis Kelsey probably doesn't happen if there's a squib kick. And instead what has to happen is a uh, 56 yard Hail Mary attempt from Patrick Mahomes or one of those backyard bullshit plays with all the laterals uh, to try to make up that ground. That play, which ends up setting up the game time field goal, probably doesn't happen if Buffalo squibs their kick, which is really an interesting series of events. You know, what's funny is I haven't heard anyone talk about this since the game. And you're making a lot of sense. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I because I, I, I said to because I said to Kel because she got really into this game, which how could you not get into this game? Um, right, of course. When Kansas City was going to kick the ball, I was like, oh, they're probably going to squib it. And then they didn't. She was like, what's a squib kick? And I, I had to explain it to her. And then I so distinctly remember the, the Buffalo one came up and I was like, oh, they're definitely going to squib this one. And then they didn't. And Kel was like, why didn't they squib this one? I'm like, I fucking have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, that's some shit you see in the regular season all the time as a, as, as a practice, because it's, it's, it's what you should do. And this is a really head scratching decision from Sean McDermott. Cause again, the, the only thing that I could really think of being potential risk there is the risk of a returnable kick going into the end zone for a touchdown. You know, like um, mm-hmm. you're a, a Buffalo or I'm sorry, Kansas city punt returner, whoever the Kansas city punt returner is scoops it up at the, at the, at, the, at that point. Actually, it might've been Tyreek that late in the game. Uh, so Tyreek picks it up at there at, at the 15 and runs it 85 yards for a touchdown. The problem with, with that as being a real risk though, is that's liable to happen on literally any play, like literally any play. And if anything, it's probably harder for it to happen on uh, a kick return because, man, those things never happen on kick returns. They happen all the time in regular fucking plays, though. It happened a couple of plays ago, but they don't really happen on kick returns. So it was uh, really, really confusing. And I that's got to be a call that will haunt Sean McDermott for the entire offseason. Yeah, I don't really know how it doesn't now. I mean... 
I guess that doesn't actually make any sense, but you know what I mean. Um, that's, that's a really ugly, ugly look. Now, for the rest of the game, the rest of the game was amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, and it, it's really, it was such astonishingly good performances from the offense that it's even at times tough to really blame the defense because, I, I mean, I don't know how you defend what each team did. You know, Josh Allen was able to present such a threat on from his legs with so many designed run plays. And, you know, I know 11 might not seem like a lot, but 11 is a lot of design designed run plays um, that it, it kept the defense incapable from really dropping back into strict pass coverage. The way that you would you know, want them to with a more strictly pure pocket passer like a Tom Brady. Um, and Patrick Mahomes really looked like, I hate to say vintage Patrick Mahomes because he's such a young dude, but I mean, he looked like the Patrick Mahomes bullshit of his uh, sophomore season all over again, busting out every trick in the book to get out these extra yardage yardage instead of uh, the Patrick Mahomes we saw in uh, some regular a handful of regular season games where it looked like those typical mm-hmm. tricks weren't working. Um, really such offensive prowess from both sides that you can't even say, the offense didn't do well. The defense did poorly. The defense did a good job, I think, for both of these teams. The offense was just unreal here. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, it. how do you stop them? Truly, like, what do you do to stop them? How do you stop them? Yeah. I mean, for real, they, they like, the, the Chiefs do a great job of shutting down Stefan Diggs. He had three receptions for seven yards. That was it. Mm-hmm. So, all right, you're shutting down our main guy. That's fine. We've got this guy, Gabriel Davis, who's averaging, uh, looks like 40 yards a game, 34 yards per game receiving. And he went out there for 200 yards on just eight receptions. That's it. He was unreal. Just absolutely unreal. Four touchdowns is the most in a postseason game from one wide receiver ever. Ever. That's a record now. That was unreal. And it's like that type of shit. It's like, how can you blame that on the defense who have done such an excellent job shutting down the wide receiver one? How do you prep for the wide receiver two becoming Randy Moss? Uh, I'm not smart enough to really know how to answer these questions. I mean, really, it was just such an amazing, such an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I, who, did, who did you want to win this game? I wanted the Bills to win. We've got Pat Mahomes the last couple of years. You know, we've been there. We've done that. I really wanted to see the Bills go to the Super Bowl or at least push for the Super Bowl. It's new and different, you know. I don't want to see the same teams every week, every year. Uh, well, I, 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 I'm happy. I, I wasn't necessarily, you know, rooting for the Chiefs, but I mm-hmm. definitely was rooting against the Bills. Uh, and hey, I'm small and petty. I'll acknowledge that. But they're a divisional yeah. rival. They can shove it up their ass. 
Now, if it was a Super Bowl Bills Bucks and it was a, either a divisional rival winning the Super Bowl or Tom Brady out of conference, I'm rooting for the Bills. <laughs> I'm absolutely for rooting for the Bills. Um, but that was not where we were at. So I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting against them. Fuck them. Eat my balls, Josh Allen. Just as much Super Bowl appearances as the Jets so far. So eat my balls. We are the same. <laughs> we'll see. We are the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, notes going forward for the, for the Chiefs. Uh, don't let up 36 points. That's kind of it. That's that's really it. Uh, do your best not to do that, you know? Yeah, Just I that. mean, even then, you overcame. So I guess it's not that much of an obstacle. Yeah. Hey, Pat. You, you feeling good today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, defense. Let's, uh, let's go play some PlayStation. Let's just do whatever. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, they all brought their PSPs. Could you imagine being in this situation with Ben Roethlisberger as your quarterback? Uh, of needing you... Ben to, to do that in 13 seconds? Because that's Dude, just I'm... not going to happen. I, who do you think you're talking? I'm a Jets fan. You think I know what good football looks like? You want to see Geno Smith with 13 seconds left? I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen Tim Tebow with 13 seconds left. Mark Sanchez with 13 seconds left. I've seen all, I've seen Luke Falk with 13 seconds left. Tim Tebow can do that in the playoffs. Once. Once. Rest in peace to Marius Thomas. Yeah, I mean, this is just a fucking ludicrous game. And shout-outs to Gabriel Davis and the entire Buffalo Bills staff. Also, uh, suck my balls and enjoy all your snow, bitches. Um, (laughs) Bitches. Bitchin. So that means that looking forward to the championship round, uh, we will have the Bengals going to Kansas City. So let's start there. Uh, man, I have like no hope for the Bengals. How how do you? I don't know. Um, I think there's a chance. It is an incredibly small chance. It's basically the hope that Pat Mahomes has all of his magic, literally all of it, uh, and just pray to God he just can't keep repeating. So I mean, I, I, I think this will be an interesting game for the Chiefs' defense. Uh, you know, see how many times they can get to Joe Burrow. Tennessee just did nine. Let's see if Tennessee, if um, since he learned anything from that, or can adjust anything from that, or if since he, or if. Uh, Kansas City can can repeat what the Titans just did. And likewise, you know, this will be also a good challenge for them heading into the Super Bowl because uh, there's a chance they have to play the Rams who will have a very aggressive pass heavy, well, actually really well-rounded offense. And if they can shut down the heavy pass attack from uh, Cincinnati. Can they carry that with them into a Super Bowl appearance? I'm not really sure what there is to look forward to from the, the Bengals side of things because – 
fuck. Oh, they, I, any given Sunday, man, any given Sunday, but man, not this Sunday. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> any given Sunday is like one of those phrases that you throw out there to just be at peace with yourself. Do we ever really truly believe it? No, otherwise like, Vegas betting odds wouldn't, wouldn't, there, there wouldn't be any. Because it would be like, ah, it's all chance. There's no, there's no way to know anything. God isn't real, and your mother's just in the grave, rotten. Nothing afterwards. And it's like, no, yeah, any given Sunday is bullshit. Some shit that you say when the Jets beat you week three, and uh, but you're missing seven of your starters, and everyone goes, ah, the Jets did it. They they're so good at things. And it's like, no, we were missing all of our starters. Um, no one, uh, that guy is just from the parking lot and he was playing fullback like, um, but any given Sunday though, any given Sunday, pretty good movie. It's one of them. It is one of them. Uh, I mean, I really, we could go into season stats for these two teams who fucking cares. Um, who do you have winning? The fans, the people. On one hand, truth. I'm going to go wild and pick the Bengals. There are two stats that the Bengals lead the Chiefs in. They are both defensive. The Chiefs are 26th in the league for defensive passing yards per game allowed, whereas the Chiefs are 27th. And the Bengals are fifth in defensive rushing yards per game allowed, whereas the uh, Chiefs are 21st. So uh, good run defense, apparently. I'll say it. Uh, the Chiefs defense is just bad. So I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow goes off. Like, I could see Joe Burrow throwing for, like, 500 yards. Well, it's also oh, – fuck me. It's also tough with the yards per game stuff. I don't really feel like digging into it because I didn't prepare for it and I don't want to. Uh, because it, the thing is, if you're winning by a lot, you'll give up the yards all day just to burn clock. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and we, we see this all the time in games where it's like they're just going to defend against the, the side, uh, uh, the out-of-bounds areas and give up the middle of the field because we're up by 30. And we care more about the clock hitting zero than we do them scoring this meaningless garbage time touchdown. And if that's the case for, you know, an entire season, then the yards per game stats are going to look really bad because you're letting up a bunch of yards. The problem is just nobody cares about those fucking yards. So I like you're also Mm -hmm. right. Like the Chiefs defense is not spectacular. We just saw it happen. But basing it on yards per game can sometimes be tricky. Uh. I will definitely give you that. Um, But again, it it does come back to partially the eye test and and the eye test is not good. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not. Um, No bueno. They have allowed more than 30 points to be scored on them three times, including last week. That's a lot. The chiefs have allowed under 20 points. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times this year. That's not bad. All right. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad, Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I had it wrong. Six times. Six times over 30 points allowed. 
My bad. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Uh, all right. Then the other matchup is the NFC matchup. Um, Niners Rams divisional matchup. Divisional yeah. matchup. Who you got? I am going to go with the Rams. I just think as much as I love Kyle Shanahan, as much as I love uh, just about Kyle Shanahan on that team, I just think there's too much talent on the 49ers. What if I told you in the last five matchups between these two teams, San Francisco has won all of them? Yeah, I believe it. San Fran has swept the season series against the Rams this season and last season. Uh, they were bad last season too. That's um, that's tough because I just said I was going to pick the Rams, but man, it's it's hard. I get you know what their times do. Their time is due. There you go. I I would think so as well. Um. I, I'm also going to pick the Rams. It is interesting to note, though, that the Niners just proved in so, some way uh, historical context maybe means something when playing teams that you're very familiar with by beating the, the Packers. So mm-hmm. maybe this last five game stats really mean something, especially with the divisional opponent. At the same time, it's tough not to look at the Rams and say, ah, you are obviously the better team here. Um, I will I will pick you to win the game because that's what I'm going to do, too. To be fair, that's how we kind of figured last week was going to go. I mean, the Packers are far and away the better team. And, uh, well, they didn't go too great. So, no, they got shellacked. Fucking guessing. And nobody knows anything. And they got beaten by a, a, a Mediterranean man in the snow. He did get beat by a Mediterranean man. In the snow. There's not a lot of snow in the Mediterranean. There's an unbelievable. Unbelievably little amount of snow. You can't go skiing in in Sicily. You can. You're just going to ruin your skis. Just absolutely eviscerate them. Really piss off the locals. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, Fuck. Yeah, I I must have had a thought. It's gone now. Um, I've given up trying to remember thoughts. I'm not good at holding on to them. Uh, the season, the 2021 season leader for the Niners in receiving yards is Debo Samuel, uh, uh, 1,405 yards, 77 receptions, 1,405 yards, six touchdowns. How many more reception yards and touchdowns does Cooper Cup have? Uh, what were the numbers again? 77 Sorry. receptions, 1,400 yeah. yards, six touchdowns. Uh-huh. I think he's got 50 more catches, 400 more yards, and he had like 18 touchdowns. So whatever the math comes out to. Uh, close. You said 50 more receptions. He had 70 more receptions. Seven, 100, 145 receptions. Yeah, a stupid number. You said 400 more yards. He had 550 more yards, uh, 1,947 yards to be exact, and 10 more touchdowns. He had 16 to Debo Samuel, six. Debo Samuel, what a very nice season. Cooper Cup looking like Jerry fucking Rice. Generous. 
he had an exceptional season and Cooper Cup just came and just was like, hey, this white boy award, this is my award. And there's no argument to be had there. Well, I mean, you, you can't argue that Divo Samuel's going to win the nastiest white boy award. Divo Samuel's not even white. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's what he said. He took that award for himself. It doesn't matter. I don't see color, Josh. I wonder what stats Cooper Cup didn't lead in for receiving. Uh, drops. Uh, he led in receptions, so, yards, touchdowns, and yards per game, but he did not lead crown, baby. in receiving yards per reception, first downs receiving, longest reception. Who cares? Receptions yeah, per game, catch percent, and yards per receiving yards per target. But boy, howdy, who gives a fuck? I don't. All right. Well, those are all the matchups. Look, we um, there's other baseball stuff we, we had, um, but we've been going for over an hour. Um, it, it, it's time. It's time to stop. Um, we'll talk baseball. We're going to try our best to put out a Monday episode this week. We, we're really – we're going to do our best, um, uh, as Naruto once said. Is, Believe it. Cl- clearly isn't that great. Um, our best is exceedingly mediocre. But we are the best around. No, we're not. Um, we're better than someone. We got to be. Uh, so, yeah, we'll say baseball for for the Monday episode, um, which we'll probably be recording before the games. So we'll not mention, even though it'll be coming out Monday after the championship games. We won't be talking about the championship games. Those those will stay a Thursday thing, which is fine. You guys can hang and deal with it. Um. But yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Uh, Hall of Fame stuff got announced, all that type of stuff. That's fine. We'll save it for a longer episode, longer conversation about it for next time. So we're acknowledging it, but not talking Spoiler about it. Spoiler alert. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm going to bet my life savings that Barry Bonds becomes, oh. Oh, I still have my student loans. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can't bankrupt those away. Ah, uh, boy, howdy. All right, well, if uh, if you want to follow the show, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingnumbers at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow Corbin on Twitter, you can do so at Corbin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. And uh, until Monday, and we meet it this time, y'all have a good one.